BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Real Life Real Crime Daily for Wednesday, March 8th. And I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. You guys, I know both of you follow the royal family with great interest on a daily basis. My wife does. Actually, I've, uh, I don't follow them because I'm just obsessed with them like everybody else. But uh, like Woody, my wife pays attention to the royals and I, I get stuck into following them. You watch I, the crown? You guys watch the crown? What I, no, fuck no. I, I, I watch it with my wife. Yes. The I tell you how I follow them every day. I speak the Queen's English. <laughs> I've, I've been awesome. I've been now the King's English. I've been secretly trying to get in you know, closer touch with our female audience, and we have a significant female representation yes, we love in the audience, all. and and they insist on being heard. And that hey, and so they feed them. They have asked for some royal news where crime is involved. There you go. They've asked for. Uh, some things on the reality TV side, and we're going to give them a little bit of that, not in this episode, but but coming. And so we, we hear you, ladies, and keep the cards and letters coming. And and uh, and today we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about the royal criminals. You guys know who the royal criminals are? Yes, Harry and Meghan. Harry and Meghan. Most people would agree that those are the royal criminals. I actually refer to her as the Duchess of Sussex. (laughs) Sussex. I call it Sussex. (laughs) I speak the Queen's English. Okay, so what what inspired uh, me to want to uh, do this story is that the in the new season of South Park, second episode, the episode is a just a complete troll of uh, trolling of the life of of Harry and Meghan. And uh, to try and draw suspicion away from them, I guess South Park decided that they would stage it as if they were the uh, prince and princess of Canada. <laughs> um, and uh, yes, that threw everyone off of uh, off of the mark and people couldn't follow it. If you haven't watched this episode, you must watch, I think it's season 26, episode two of South Park. We're going to play a clip for you in here uh before we're done but uh but that was my inspiration for wanting to talk about the royal criminals so the royal rift as uh it's referred to between prince william and prince harry really kind of got going in 2018 and the reason it got going in 2018 is there was a new player in the mix and this new player had been 
Some would call, uh, some would refer to it as a yachty. You guys ever hear? I'm the not term familiar yachty? with the term yachty, yachter, yachty. Well, there are there are uh, all kinds of women, very attractive young women, who go to uh, some of the greatest uh, spots on the French Riviera, Monaco, uh, all along uh, Mediterranean, and sort of make themselves available to go on cruises and accompany very wealthy uh, people from across the, the, the planet. And so uh, there was a point in time where, and, and there's some shows on, uh, Bravo's got a couple of shows uh, that Below Deck is one of them, mm-hmm. and they've got some spinoffs off of that, that that show a little bit less glamorous side of cruising um, uh, than the yachters necessarily get. These are the ultimate boats with, billionaires, uh, uh, owners, and, uh, and the beautiful people that, uh, that uh, cruise around the Mediterranean uh, in them. And so she did a little bit of that, and uh, she got a role in a, a show called Suits. Don't know if you guys have yep, familiar seen with that. Suits. Negative. She was okay in Suits. Pretty girl. Did well. A uh, couple of... Uh, Couple of seasons of that. I don't know. Maybe it was more than a couple, but uh, but but basically, that's her background, and not sort of the background you would normally think of uh, being the suitor for uh, a prince, right? So, but uh, real quick to interrupt you on that. So, I finally know someone from LA. She was married before to a guy named Trevor, who. Um, I was potentially in talks with uh, having my own show for for real life real crime, and I can't think of his last name because I'm bad with names. But he, he's he's also an actor and has uh, production companies. But he was married to her, and they were on movie sets at, or acting sets at different locations when they got separated. He was but, m- married to Meghan Markle. Yes, before she married the prince. Well, Woody, you can't. Bring this new information into sorry, the just session my head. here. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, and that, Wait, more that, broken that, news. Need to know kind she, of information that could have. She was married before. I knew that. I just didn't know you knew the guy that yeah, she was yeah. married to. Yeah, I got him myself. On. Okay, so so anyway, the where the uh, the royal rift sort of begins is William kind of questions Harry on the relationship in you know, basically says, I think you might have a gold digger on your hands here. And I'm sure for centuries, probably this kind of thing has come up within the Royal family and, and uh, uh, they've relied upon one another to, uh, to sort of sift out when something like that uh, might've been going on. But, you know, that was, uh, that started really in, in uh, 2018, as I said, and in 2019, uh, TLC did a documentary that was called Kate versus Megan. And that documentary took everything to uh, another level. And it alleged that the brothers were growing increasingly frustrated with each other because William was worried that Harry was rushing to the altar, rushing his romance with Megan. And uh, it continued to accelerate throughout 2019, Harry and Meghan announced that they would be stepping back from their royal duties so that they could focus on becoming, quote, financially independent. Okay, I thought they were pretty well off financially, but they wanted 
to uh, step back from royal duties and become financially independent. And through deals with Netflix and Spotify and others, they've done very, very well over time in this financial independence. The uh, probably next big public uproar was when they decided to do an interview with their Montecito, California neighbor by the name of Oprah Winfrey on uh, CBS. And, you know, Oprah's always looking for something big in one of those interviews. And Megan gave it to her when she told her the story. And this is while, uh, while Harry had walked away to do something. So it was her and Megan alone. And Megan through this veiled sort of this allegation of racism within the royal family, that she had experienced it at the hands of the royals. She didn't give up names, but uh, she referred to the questioning about Archie, their uh, their son's skin tone, uh, being mentioned by uh, certain members, again, unnamed members of the royal family. Well, uh, you know, I'll say this right from the start, and, and that is, sounds to me like Prince William needs to mind his own business. <laughs> and, you know, you... It's one thing to go to your brother and say, hey, man, you, you know, she may be a gold digger, but it's another thing to push it and push it and push it. it the guy's obviously in love. It's really none of your business to, like, try to break up our boyfriend-girlfriend thing we got going on and all this happiness and try to stop us from getting married. And, you know, some of that is just siblings get sticking their nose where it don't belong. And uh, I can see Prince Harry kind of sticking up and saying, hey, man. Uh, that's my girlfriend. You don't need to be talking about her like that. That's my opinion. Is this, I'm out is this from, Jim playing devil's advocate or is this? Jim no, I mean, I'm, I'm being serious. I mean, I think that forget that the Royals for a second, if that was you and your brother and he came up to you and he, and he's like saying your girlfriend's a gold digger, you totally in love with her. You don't think you're not going to look at that from like a mature standpoint and say, Oh, you're just looking out for me. Hey, you're going to look at it and say you're jealous because I got love you don't have or whatever, and you're going to step away from that. You're going to push back. You're going to say you're just a jealous brother, and you wit. maybe you think she's attractive, and you're mad because she's not with you. Now, married or not. Wow. I mean, hey. What don't I know about? talking about my girlfriend. Chapman family dynamic. I mean, there's. there's we'll be talking about the, my girlfriend. The flip side could be that when he brought her into – the exclusive club or whatever they look down their nose. Or maybe she she could have helped push the separation from his family. It, there's two sides to that. Yeah, she could have. But I'm gonna give a shout out to my boy Trevor because I just remember one of the things he produced, Snowfall. You ever see that? Yeah, 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 yeah. fucking great show. Yeah. The uh, and and I bet he thinks she's a gold digger. <laughs> Hey, look, and, she and, might very well he be. As, he didn't have as much gold to dig no, after yeah, that. But, it's, but hey, I, no offense, I don't, I don't, Trevor. Hey, Trevor, I don't, I don't know what, how you feel about it. I just know that your girl told me that you were married to her before. Let, let, let's face it right here, though. You're talking about the royal family. No matter what girl gets with them, unless they're from another royal family, they're going to be perceived yeah, as yeah. a gold digger. And that's a, what's I mean, diseases, how do you get around that? What's the disease the royal families had uh, way back in the day because they used to interbreed? Uh, (laughs) like between france and in england and all that there's a specific disease they had because they crossbred the bloodlines y'all know about that 
I don't know what well, the disease is. True. And, and <laughs> because they wouldn't breed to anybody that was below their station. So they, the Germans and the French and all these royal families over Russians over however many, a hundred years or however many periods they they came. It's some see. This that. is this is why we need a young Jamie like Joe Rogan has because we could say young Jamie, pull that up for us. Tell us what the disease was, and young Jamie be typing at them keys. Which incidentally, young Jamie, if you'd like to have all three of us on Joe Rogan's show, <laughs> we'd love it. Absolutely. Perhaps available. Perhaps, yeah. Perhaps William, being the older brother, poor, poor, Furia <laughs> was caused by the inheritance of two recessive genes. Hmm. There you go. What's it, what's it called again? It's, it's two two of them. It's P O R P H Y R I A and H A E M O P H I L I A. Caused by inbreeding of the royal families <laughs> over hundreds of years. Okay. okay. So now See, that, that she didn't. Some people have a dictionary. Like we have Woody over. She didn't have that gene, so they were looking down at her. Folks, ass. sometimes you have no idea where a segment's going to go. This one, <laughs> this one went off the rails pretty damn quickly. But <laughs> definitely never know what I'm going to say. It, 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 <laughs> yeah. it went off the rails really quickly. But my first one, it, I Jim coming at it. Technically, the, that's a crime with the uh, with the jealous older brother. Thing, I, I, have you watched the way that she has handled Harry since they? Yes. Won? I mean, it's they, he loves they, her. She wears okay. pants. He, I think he might as well have a collar and uh, and a leash. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's BDSM. It's pretty yeah. ridiculous how he has been Blindness led around, and you know, look, it. it there have been enough. Surveys. I mean, these people are on tabloid covers every every day. Mm-hmm. They're in the tabloids, every and we're day talking about in, on real life. Uh, and, uh, and this is a crime so is commentary it. show. And so I'm approaching this, believing it's a crime what she has done to him and what has happened to the royal family. And uh, and Jim is challenging it out of the uh, look. It's it's at. I'm not challenging it. At a, minim- I'm, I'm, at a I'm, minimum, I'm, it is the height of hypocrisy. They're uh, they're doing all of these things that line their pockets and uh, lots of things to be. Se- he writes a book called Spare, rhyming with air, but it's spare, and it's airing all of this dirty laundry inside of what for centuries has been sacred, right? Right. So you see uh, they, and, and do you think he would have that any of that would have happened were it not for no, her? No, but but my point to all that was regardless of all that, at some he is his own person and so if he wants to be with this girl who cares? Well guess what? Evidently the king cares because they evicted him. You ever hear that yesterday came out? They evicted him, but it it was going to be like at the end of the month, but now they're waiting to after the coronation. At a Frogmore cottage. uh, To to after the coronation. How about that? They don't get out then. They don't get out. That would be another crime if they don't get out. That would be a reaction to spare. And uh, and the the bit of satire from... uh, The bit of satire from South Park would be a... 
uh, a great example of what sort of the public consciousness about the couple is, which is that, you know, she has uh, taken over uh, him. She has uh, really pulled him away from the royal family. They have sought public exposure in every way you possibly can, and then they have cried for privacy when uh, negative articles have been written or people have come out against them on social media. And so mm -hmm. I think it's the height of hypocrisy. That's the crime. It's the crime against the royal family. And nobody nobody can say it better than South Park did. So I want to see the clip and get out of the Share the clip and get out of the We will. Give us a second. I'm waiting on the, the Pam and Tommy sex tape of those two that's going to get oh dropped because they want their privacy. That they, they were going to accidentally let the worker find their sex tape. Oops! And the whole world's going to get it. Okay, <laughs> let me just say I this: think then, uh, that would I be a crime we could report. Think on they'd it. have to be in much rougher financial shape for that to happen before that happens. And let not, me just—they're not in rough financial shape. Let me just say this, and ladies, I'm talking to you. This is what I want y'all to do. Very polite voice. I'm going to do another, another poll. And in that poll, I want you to comment either Team Harry or Team oh, Royals. God. And I want all of you out there that I know are for Team Harry to it's, comment it's, so it's, we can show Mike. It's Team Megan. It's Team Megan. No, we're, it's, okay. It's Team, team Megan. Megan. It is Team Megan or Team Royals. Comment. You're going to see a poll up. If you're hearing this, it's already up. So please do that. I'm going to give a shout out to my boy, Harry, for being in the military. Shout out. <laughs> he was. Freaking right he was. Flew over Iraq, I think. Right. <laughs> anyway, we have a clip that we're going to play right now. And actually, this is funny, no matter whose team you're on. Uh, we're going to play the South Park clip. And yeah, so here's fine. that. Yeah. We want privacy. We want privacy. You've lived a life with the royal family. You've had everything handed to you, but you say your life has been hard, and now you've written all about it in your new book, Where? We just want to be normal people. All this attention is so hard. Isn't it true, sir, that your questionable wife has her own TV show and hangs out with celebrities and does fashion magazines? What are you suggesting? Well, I just think some people might say that your Instagram-loving bitch wife actually doesn't want her privacy. How dare you, sir? My Instagram-loving bitch wife has always wanted her privacy. Here's all I got to say. I rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that story should rust in peace but, but but i actually want to hear the uh results or see the results and it's probably going to shut down whatever social media platform that we do it on because <laughs> they had garnered that much interest get us now we're going to move on to uh this story we're starting a segment if you will of real life real crime daily we're going to bring to you from time to time as stupid as motherfucking criminals in the world. And this guy, we hadn't talked about doing this one as the first one, but I was just reading this, and he has to be that dumb, okay? So this this man in New Jersey, y'all, he goes to the airport checking his luggage and shit. Everything's status quo. And then he goes to TSA, and he's got a little more luggage and TSA actually did their job for once. Uh, and they were like, holy shit. So let me tell you what happened. A New Jersey man faces multiple federal criminal charges after he allegedly, I'll take that out, 
after he attempted to board an airplane with firearms, ammunition, a bulletproof vest, and fraudulent law enforcement credentials. They found two semi-automatic rifles were among the weapons found inside the man's checked baggage at New York Liberty International Airport. Um, Saratis Cloudon, identified as a 42-year-old originally from Bergen County, is accused of carrying three firearms in his checked luggage when he entered the airport on December 30th for a scheduled flight to Florida. And the TSA agents initially discovered two 40 caliber Glock magazines, each of which contained 15 rounds of ammunition and a ballistic vest carrier in Cloudon's luggage during a routine screening before the flight's departure. The words Deputy Marshal were displayed on the vest carrier, the Justice Department said. Now, let me take you let me clarify this for y'all. So this is how this investigation started. Now, I told you about all the travel. I used to do this as a defense expert. One time I accidentally leave a mag- did leave a magazine in my carry-on luggage. Not the pistol, just a ma- loaded magazine, and they found that shit. And I like to got in serious trouble, but I had checked the pistol. This guy is not only trying to get through TSA screening with two loaded 40 caliber Glock magazines, but he had also had a ballistic vest with Deputy Marshall in it. Okay. Mm. So then TSA is like, gets a hard on, and they're like, oh shit, what's he ha- actually having his check luggage? So they go to check it. And they found a bevy of additional weapons, including some typically used and associated with American police officers, along with a 40 caliber Glock 22 handgun. Agents discovered a 308 caliber DPMS Panther Arms rifle, which I have one of those, and a 5.56 caliber AR-15 rifle, which meets the definition of a machine gun under the National Firearms Act, as well as an expandable baton, we call them an ASP, a spring-loaded knife, and a taser. <laughs> and that's the way it didn't end there. And also in his luggage, they found forged identification documents like United States Marshal credentials bearing Cloud's name and a photograph and a United States Marshal badge. The United States Marshal Service, they gave him a call and they were like, Mm-mm, never heard of this cat, right? <laughs> so. Basically, the TSA says it's absolutely not acceptable. This is Captain Obvious from TV, TSA. It's absolutely not acceptable for firearms to be anywhere near checkpoints. Um, there, There is a legally permissible way to bring firearms and check baggage, but you have to be legally able to carry a firearm. Y'all, the problem with this was this asshole's a convicted felon. He's not even supposed to have a possession of a firearm. So... I'm going to put him up there as one of the dumbest criminals in the world. Uh, TSA. Well, and also maybe an example of why changing gun laws will do absolutely nothing yeah, for right. anyone. <laughs> what, what, what didn't this change, guy have? Uh, you change, <laughs> outlaw guns and only outlaws will have guns, <laughs> right? I mean, this dude had everything. And, you know, I certainly uh, bring firearms or, or – uh, Long rifles, shotguns, whatever. When I travel to hunt stuff, but you have to fill out a fucking form. And you put and you put it in your luggage, and you're good to go. This guy, if he'd have done that and 
just left. Why you have two magazines? At the time I did it, it was an accident. But you have two magazines, and okay, maybe you can forget two magazines because you're unloading your shit and you're putting your pistol in and checking your pistol. But why would you try to get a bulletproof vest through your checked-in luggage? And actually, it, I didn't. I didn't realize that was even illegal to have a bulletproof vest on. What was what, yeah, that, what was this guy planning? I mean, it, that's like he's got more stuff than Schwarzenegger had in right? Commando. Right, right. What, yeah, right. The, or uh, what's the one with the robot dude? Yeah, but yeah, he he had a shit ton of stuff plus fake <laughs> you credentials. Mean, did you mean Terminator? Plus, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, plus, what he said. <laughs> What's the one with the robot dude? <laughs> oh my God. I could just see the the, 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 the motion that he was right. making. Uh, was the um, part. But I mean, come on, man. You, yeah, he's got dumb criminal. And he, yeah, he's truly a criminal. But even if he was a criminal before this criminal complaint. He was a convicted felon and couldn't even own a firearm. And you're going to try to go through a checkpoint, which is. I mean, this guy wasn't just driving down the road with him in his glove box. He was trying to get on a plane. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. this guy needs to be put Stupid. away for a long time. Right. What, what, what can they put him away for? Uh, oh. I, I, he's going to federal prison. Uh, the the one thing about federal law versus state law, there's no leeway in sentences. There's no plea bargain. They get they uh, whatever it is, the strict sentencing guidelines. He's going to get them. So that's like interstate traffic trafficking. Yeah, of a, it, it, it's a felony for each firearm. It's Project Exile. It's five years for each firearm by a convicted felon. Each firearm, right? That plus four or five. Then trying to introduce them into you know all the federal laws they have about airports, which I'm, I'm not privy to all of them. But um, in the, in a in a convicted felon and in possession of a machine gun. Oh yeah, he's. I don't even own a machine gun. I would really like to know what he, how yeah. he explained things. Yeah, he's explaining it because I mean, it sure attention. sounds like he was going to do something yeah, awfully right? bad they, somewhere. The, he was uh, going to Florida. I think he had bad intentions. Yeah, uh, no, no. Well, let's see. I think it was yeah, at I Newark think, Airport, and he was headed yeah, yeah, to Florida. Right. right? He's headed to Florida. Maybe he's going to Disney World. Spread a little lead love. The, uh, I don't oh know. The, um, we can only speculate. And he is certainly a dumb criminal. I agree with that. So, so moving on. Moving on. Uh, you never know what you're going to get. We got the rules. Right. We got dumb criminals. What's We're about to have a real feel good story for you. We like to bring you positive stuff from oh, time yeah. to time on I'm all about positive as you think. So shall you. Yeah. So we're going to tell you about a South Carolina kidnapping survivor. So we're going to tell you about a South Carolina kidnapping survivor. Now this all relates back to a serial killer. Okay. So a serial killer by the name of Richard Ivonitz abducted 15-year-old Kara Robinson in 2002, forced her into his vehicle, and restrained her inside his South Carolina home. The abduction actually became the biggest mistake of his criminal career when he is, when Robinson escaped and eventually sent police down his path. The 39-year-old killed himself following a police chase in Florida that same year. So, uh, Kara Robinson basically goes on to say, my body just automatically kicked into survival. He put a gun 
to the side of my neck. And that basically looked like all my interior dialogue stopped. It just became survival to me. So my survival mechanism was a little bit freeze, a little bit fight, but mostly the appease response, which is known as fawn for the, for those of you out there, um, which is kind of to co-regulate this person's nervous systems. In other words, Robinson followed Evans's orders in order to survive. I essentially realized that I had to remain calm to gather information that would allow him to trust me, become complacent, and eventually allow myself to be able to escape. And that, y'all, that's a real thing. Uh, when you're in a life or death situation, we've talked about the four F's many times, fight, freeze, fawn, or flight. flight. And she obviously chose the fawn aspect of that, which was very smart because she eventually uh, escaped. Now, Ivonitz, who is originally from Virginia, murdered Sophia Silva, Kristen Lisk, and Katie Lisk from 1996 and 1997 in Spotsville County uh, prior to Robinson's capture and escape. This guy lived in states all over the country over the course of like six years, including South Carolina, where he abducted Robinson as she was helping a friend tend to flowers in her front yard. He basically pulled up to the front yard and forced her into his car at gunpoint. Avonitz locked Robinson in his home, and he repeatedly sexually assaulted her, according to the FBI. The 15-year-old went along with pretty much everything he wanted to do, and that was her fawn stage where she was in an effort to survive and felt like going along with him would allow her to do that. Now, as time elapsed, Robinson also memorized details about her captor's apartment. Very, very smart young lady here. Uh, there were little animals she remembered. Uh, she even remembered how many and what kind of animals they were. She knew the layout. She could describe being inside the apartment. Obviously, whenever uh, she was sleeping in his kitchen, she got close to a refrigerator and found his dentist and doctor's information on magnets. Mm. So she memorized them. Super smart. Super smart. She even memorized. Okay. She didn't need this point. No, she's going to live. She's just doing it in case she lived. Right? That's freaking awesome, ain't it? And at 15 years old, she even memorized the serial number that was on the inside of the container in Ivonit's vehicle. How about that? I can't. I, there's no way I can memorize my VIN number right now. But uh, she also recalled seeing long red hair of a woman in a hairbrush inside his apartment and feminine hygiene products, as well as two toothpaste, indicating there was probably more than one person living there. How smart is this girl, y'all? During the night when he was sleeping, she was. All right, guys, we've never had an intervention on the show, but we're going to have one right now. And this applies to both of you guys, but perhaps a bit more to Mr. Overton. Mm, must be alcohol. Well, you know, neither of you guys are 25 anymore, and sometimes you need to take a break away from the alcohol. Oh, Lord. So I want to talk to you about a healthy alternative to alcohol that can be just the right fix after a stressful day. You know, Woody, like a day after 10 crazies from Wisconsin come into town to kill a thousand wild boars, and you idiots end up killing a thousand Shiner Box at the same time. That's going to happen. <laughs> well, I know it is. And so I want to tell you about a product called Recess Mood. 
Mm. Think about it. Even the name sounds relaxing. Recess Mood is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangover. Now, while Jim is looking up the meaning of adaptogens, I'll continue on. Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners get 15% off the Recess Mood Sampler Pack at takearecess.com slash R-L-R-C. That's takearecess.com slash R-L-R-C. You can enjoy Recess Mood after a busy day or whatever you need to relax and unwind. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. Mm. Those sound yummy. Yeah. It's only got 20 calories, doesn't have any sugar in it. So I don't know if you've ever had Guilt Woody, but if you do, Recess Mood could help you get rid of it. Guilt, but I've had the pain of not having a recess. Okay, well, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash R-L-R-C and get 15% off a Recess Mood sampler pack. It's your go-to alcohol replacement. Able to escape the restraints he was keeping her in and flee his apartment. She contacted the law enforcement, told him everything that she had memorized about Ivonitz and his apartment, which ultimately helped them track down the serial killer. Uh, Ivonitz had an explosive temper, was fascinated with guns, and both used and sold marijuana, according to the FBI. He would conduct surveillance of his victims prior to abducting them, all of who were under the age of 18, and had a preoccupation with drowning victims, being forced to wash and or shave pubic hair, binding of victim hands and feet, use of sex toys and pornography, both adult and child, use of plastic tub and metal containers to dispose of the victims. He would wrap them in blankets, bound them with rope, and uh, even they've had victims being found near bodies of water, the FBI said, that were victims of his. So this guy was as gross and disgusting as you can possibly get. Now, Robinson joined law enforcement after developing a close relationship with a sheriff who had handled her case and is now an advocate for other victims of crime. As a married mother of two sons, she continues to help victims of crime and host her own podcast, Survivor's Guide to True Crime. In one episode, she discussed the appeased response that helped her survive 20 years ago with expert guests who explained the survival method that came naturally, the yeah, fawn method right. in her case. Uh, and just amazing that, that it did. Robinson said the best piece of advice she can give victims or potential victims of crime is to respond in a way that makes you feel confident and strong. Talk to yourself in a positive manner. Like, I'm strong. I can get through something because I'm lucky. I'm grateful. Good things are going to happen to me. She, Robinson had a list of other options on her website to help victims of crime. So, y'all, if that's not a... A so positive. Talk truly, about putting a positive on an ultimate negative truly, situation. Truly how uh, how many victims did that guy have? Uh, three three confirmed that he was convicted of. I'm sure you know is what he would tell you. Tell you There's more. probably many yeah. more they'll never know. Uh, but three in 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 one particular case, it was sisters. Yeah. Well, keeping along the theme of uplifting, amazing, amazing. Amazing young lady. Yeah. 
to to, to have Dude, the wherewithal to memorize it. That uh, the cases that I've worked, I'm, I'm just sitting here, I'm blown away by, by the facts that she did that. Uh, um, to, to memorize the dentist and Dr. Magnus and shit. Notice someone has red hair because of the brush. Reminds she me of the, uh, uh, the James Patterson, Alex Cross books, the uh, Long Come a Spotter. Kiss the Girls was right. the movie where Ashley Judd played the girl who was, uh, you know, she was abducted and he had a bunch of women and she escaped from these underground tunnels and. Uh, and was able to help them solve the whole thing. Great old movie. Great old yeah, book, too. Kiss, a, kiss the Girl. Yeah, all all, all of his older stuff was great. Keeping along the lines of uplifting stories, we've talked a lot recently about the New Orleans mayor, Latoya Cantrell, and uh, some of the challenges she's facing with a uh, a recall. I mentioned last week when we were talking about uh, Latoya the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, having a uh, primary election that uh, that actually took place on Tuesday night of this week. And uh, just to refresh you or maybe uh, give you some info on Lori Lightfoot for the first time, she's sort of the ultimate intersectional candidate, female, black, gay, you know, ticks off Every single one of those things in a city that has had a very, 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 very long uh, line of Democratic mayors. She was uh, the latest. She was a major lockdown uh, mayor. And in the uh, in the wake of uh, the pandemic, the statistics for uh, the city of Chicago and crime uh, became some of the worst for a major city in the United States. The murder rate in Chicago is five times the murder rate in New York City. It's two and a half times the murder rate in Los Angeles. Last, last time I was there, I left on a Friday, they killed 27 people that weekend. It's, uh, 27. Uh, it, it's horrible. Uh, I used to go to Chicago a lot for business. North Michigan Avenue, uh, that the whole... Uh, shopping scene there, yeah. the the yeah. premium retail scene along yeah. North Michigan Avenue is fabulous. Forty percent of those mile. businesses yeah. are unoccupied. Yep. People uh, forced to get out because they were looted so badly on it. So it destroyed tourism. They were getting looted. People couldn't make money. They had to get out of there. And this mayor would uh, sing and dance uh, her way uh, uh, around these things and blame. Uh, everybody else. Lightfoot becomes the first Chicago mayor not reelected to a second term in 40 years. And not only was she not, and this is, so this was a, uh, an election to get into the runoff to see who's going to be the democratic candidate in the next mayoral election. And so she didn't even make the runoff. So uh, I don't think she made the top four. Uh, she no, actually, I think she was third. She got seventeen percent okay. of the vote. But I mean, for for the incumbent candidate to get seventeen percent of the vote, there's a uh, a guy. These are all Democrats, obviously. It's a Democrat primary. Uh, but uh, guy named Paul Vallis, who had a who has a much more uh, pro police approach, got almost thirty four percent of the vote. Uh, a uh, a progressive liberal, arguably more liberal than Lori Lightfoot, named Brandon Johnson, 
got 20% of the vote. So it will be in April, a runoff between Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson to see who will be the next Democratic candidate and in all likelihood, the next mayor of Chicago. Uh, But, you know, I would point to this as a very good sign that people are sort of coming back to their senses about policing and crime law enforcement and uh, uh, the soft on crime DAs and the whole defund the police movement and especially in these major cities. And again, uh, this is a uh, a democratic stronghold where uh, a progressive has been uh, has been voted out after after just one term. So there is hope for bye bye Lightfoot. I brought my wife and youngest son. We spent four nights there last spring, and I never went past Billy Goat uh, Tavern to Billy Goat Tavern. Had to get a cheeseburger at the yeah, Billy Goat. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger. The uh, but. I, I knew I, I was smart enough to keep him in a, in a you know, couple block area because fucking Chicago is horrible. It's like New Orleans and Baton Rouge. Uh, I've got a, actually a, a, a real quick great story on that, the interesting story anyway, in that I actually had a week I spent in Chicago training Rust-Oleum, which is a, you know the largest – paint company in the world part of a conglomerate called rpm their headquarters is in chicago and i had to train on some rust-oleum products floor coatings and went to this training so i rented a car and i had never been to chicago so one night i'm like i'm gonna drive just around i actually wanted to go see the great lakes aspect because when you're flying in you can get a real good shot and it's real pretty y'all it almost looked like a fake color mm-hmm. uh almost food coloring in the water it was so pretty and blue so get into chicago uh rent the car get to my hotel and i decide i'm going to drive around i don't know how i ended up in this spot but all of a sudden it, i'm kind of in the outskirts maybe of chicago and i am seeing nothing but 20 million dollar houses yeah. everywhere i looked uh i'm talking mansions and i'm thinking you know, this ain't nothing like what I thought it would be because I, I I know the reputation. Chicago's for years has had the reputation as murder capital of the yes. country. Uh, and so I was, you know, I wasn't stupid enough to go try to catch a Cubs game or a, I a did. White Sox I game. It, or, uh, I caught the game the year they won it. Yeah. Wrigleyville, Cubs neighborhood. Yeah. It's okay. We'll see. I, 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 I had no idea. Out. I took the train from downtown to get out there. I had no idea, but uh, – Wherever I was, that outskirts must have been a very wealthy there are a side lot of, lake, of Chicago. Sounds like maybe Lake. Well, you're on the the north, yeah, North Shore. I think they call it. Um, uh, so, Lake Forest. Uh, that was it. I uh, was it. Okay. Yeah. You know, the first time Lake I, Forest. I went to Chicago. I was blown away by how well thought out the city planning was. I'd never seen so much green in the city, and. My grandmother actually worked at the Palmer House Hilton during World War II before she came to, huh. to Louisiana and became a lawyer. Yeah. It was when you – know, there was a time period where I was traveling every week I, I and, all, and, and all of it uh, within the U.S. And so I was going to Chicago four times a year at least. Yeah. And it it was one of my favorite places to go as long as you – As long as you, you, as long as you went – 
between April right. and yeah, October. Yeah, yeah, There's a, you know, I went November. there one time when it was cold. It was cold AF. Oh, coldest moment of my life, standing <laughs> standing on the Michigan well, Avenue a, Bridge, getting a straight shot off the lake. I took, just uh, Sydney and them, and it must have been middle of May. And shit, it was cold. I mean, cold for us from South Louisiana. I mean, in the 40s at night, I'm like, holy shit. And it's in the 70s in Louisiana in May at night or 75. Yeah. And the wind coming off that lake, it, yeah. uh, it can get uh, can get brutal. Good story. Yeah. Bye-bye, Mayor. Get some new police. All right, our next story, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, very tragic situation that occurred in St. Louis, uh, Missouri. A teen lost both her legs, both her legs, in an accident caused by a repeat offender that, you know, obviously shouldn't have been on the street to even cause this. And this was a volleyball player from Tennessee. She was a teenager. Uh, She basically got hit by a speeding driver, got in a car accident, and uh, that speeding driver is facing felony charges. But uh, the rift that is being caused by this outside of the obvious is that this particular suspect uh, who caused the wreck had multiple, multiple charges in his record. Uh, he was a robbery suspect at this particular time, and Missouri Uh, Attorney General Andrew Bailey, a Republican, pinned the blame on Gardner for failing to keep Raleigh behind bars. Kim Gardner is a St. Louis circuit uh, attorney. Uh, She is a Democrat and said her office tried three times to revoke the bond of the 21-year-old, who is Daniel Riley. Uh, and yet still he was able to cause this accident after all these priors. Now, the Missouri Attorney General uh, filed court documents Thursday seeking Gardner's oust on three grounds. One was failure to prosecute existing cases. Two was failure to file charges in cases brought by the police. And the third was a failure to confer with and inform victims and their families about the status of cases. He is seeing this as an issue of just complete incompetence and kind of falling asleep at the wheel for this St. Louis circuit attorney. Now, He was quoted as saying, this is about the rule of law and about justice. Instead of protecting victims, which is her obligation, she's creating more victims by being negligent. Gardner vowed to remain in her job, accusing the attorney general of political uh, posture and uh, to stop the voice of the people in the city of St. Louis. Missouri Republicans who want the state to take over prosecutions of violent crimes in St. Louis sharply criticized the city's embattled prosecutor on Monday after the teenage volleyball player from Tennessee lost both of her legs in the crash. Now, St. Louis circuit attorney Kim Gardner is facing calls to resign from critics who blame her for failing to keep Daniel Riley, he was 21, incidentally, uh, behind bars before the February 18th crash that injured the 17-year-old, whose name is Janae Edmondson. The entire situation could have and should have been avoided if not for the ineffectiveness of that office, the St. Louis Police Officers Association business manager Joe Steiger stated, 
during a Senate hearing for legislation that would give the governor the power to appoint a special prosecutor to take on violent crimes in counties with the homicide rate over a certain threshold. I found that very interesting. Janae Edmondson isn't the only or first victim who's been affected by Ms. Gardner's failures as a circuit attorney, but hopefully she will be the last. Now, a Republican bill sponsored by Representative Lane Roberts said in his legislation currently would only apply to Gardner. But he said Jackson County, home to parts of Kansas City, is dangerously close to reaching this applicable threshold under legislation that is already passed in the House. A special prosecutor would serve for up to five years. Wow. How many times are we, you know, reading stories from cities with these soft on crime uh, uh, DAs or uh, states with soft on crime uh, AGs, et cetera, where somebody who has no business being uh, out in the public is committing a senseless crime and, you know, ruining a life or, or killing someone. It's like every time we're in here, we're doing this. This is a, a girl who's traveling with her family to play in a volleyball tournament. Those are happy times. All you're doing is walking across the street with your – and, uh, I mean, the father is uh, – I mean, he's a hero. I mean, were it not for his experience and his skills, uh, because he quickly uh, was able to get uh, the our blood loss under control enough to where EMS could get to her in time to uh, save her. But in most situations like that, she'd have bled out and no, no uh, doubt about it. And, and and died. So he's a hero. She'll uh, uh, thankfully be able to. Uh, to live out the rest of her life, unfortunately, especially an athlete who's playing volleyball, um, she's not going to be able to to you know live the kind of life she thought she was going to be able to live, and and that city's uh, uh, that that city's going to have some checks to write. Hundred percent, and and you're right, Mike. I mean, this is it seems to be a pattern where these uh, situations are taking place in in you know not only states but also local municipalities where they have a soft on crime stance and uh and so i'm glad to see that in this particular case they're trying to get some legislation passed where if this is an obvious problem someone else can take over to fix it me too well and i think the pendulum is starting to swing back in the other direction take the Lori lightfoot being voted uh, voted out uh, as uh, uh, as a great early example of that. I'm going to take you back to St. Louis, Missouri again, where on Monday night a man was arrested for a video that captured him executing a guy in broad daylight. So police responded to a call for a shooting just after 10 a.m. on Monday, and when they arrived, they found the victim lying on the sidewalk suffering from a wound to the head they started looking into it y'all and they found the victim and a male suspect had been engaged in a fight at a nearby shell gas station just before the shooting uh so to sum it up for you some minutes later they've they found the suspect a deshaun thomas and arrested him when he's going into the library 
But after he was taken into custody, this video services, y'all, and uh, he was in charge of first-degree murder, and I'm going to tell you why. First-degree murder in an armed criminal action. The video surfaced on, show, surfaced on social media, and it's a minute and a half long, and it shows uh, a guy laying down on on the cement, and the person says on the video, uh, call the police because this man, this man standing over and he's got a gun. And the person with the gun, suspected to be Thomas, continues to stand over the man sitting on the curb who appeared not to pay attention to what was happening around him. But the suspect shooter calmly stands over the victim while he loads the gun. Moment later, he points the gun at the head of the man sitting on the curb, and you hear a gunshot. The video quickly turns away from the scene, and you can hear a man say, Oh, my God, he just fucking killed him. Yeah, that video has gone viral, right. and uh, this story is, is getting a, a lot of play in the last 24 hours. It's 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 a brutal it's, example of what we just talked about exactly, with St. Louis. exactly what I was going to say. These and, these guys get in a fight. And, and, and you know, the, the other thing, Mike, is, is people just don't respect life anymore. I mean, you can blame it on whatever you want to and serve these soft cities and all that shit. But how are you going to execute somebody? You're going to stand over them and load the weapon and execute them, shoot them in the head in broad daylight. 10 o'clock in the morning. I think it's a, it's a respect of the law, too. Yeah. It's they, they're, they don't, you know, they just don't give a shit. But man. a lot of these people committing these crimes in different times would have already been away right. locked up oh, and so yeah. we're what we're what we're seeing is the cost to the general public of the posture that is being taken in so many of these cities where people who should be incarcerated are out on the street and um and capable of doing something like that i agree and uh you know certainly i don't know if he'll get the death penalty or whatever i don't even know if they have it in and uh I guess it's Missouri, so I think they do have it. But anyway, just an animal. Uh, no respect for life. You get in a fist fight with somebody, so you what happened back in our day was you got in a fist fight and a lot of times you end up being friends afterwards, right? But and I didn't go get a pistol and stand over you and shoot you in the head at ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah. In broad daylight. Over a fist fight. So you know what, y'all? I'm a I'm a it, it's I'm going to end this one a lighter note. You ever heard of the Magic Ice Cream Truck? You like ice cream, Mike? I'm a big fan. Or ice cream and gelato? No, ice cream. All right. They're the same. Which ice cream, you scream, we all what's scream your, for what's ice your cream. favorite flavor? I'm a big uh, chocolate chip cookie dough guy. Yeah, that's, I like it. What's yours? Chocolate. Really? Yeah. You know, I, like I was chocolate. actually going to say like the double Dutch chocolate. Something yeah, like good. chocolate. Yeah. If I'm going to eat ice cream. Yeah. 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 Anyway, all right. So, uh, <laughs> Blue Bell is the best brand, by the way. So, eat all you can. Soul. Share the rest. Don't take the Blue Bell out of the thing and lick it, y'all, and put, put it and stick it back in the case and put yourself on social media because yeah. that will get your ass arrested. And it's stupid. Or eat Tide Pods. But back to the Magic Ice Cream Truck. In Slidell, Louisiana, which is about an hour, 15 minutes from where we're at, 
the um, <laughs> the owner of an ice cream truck was arrested and accused of selling meth from the truck, according to my good friends in the Slidell Police Department. Police say narcotics detectives saw a blue ice cream truck, and we got to put this truck on our social media. Yeah. Police, uh, blue ice cream truck with an expired license plate and no brake lights just after 11.30 a.m. on February 27th on Old Spanish Trail in Slidell. Now, if you don't know about Old Spanish Trail, it's a very uh, – I was talking about Chicago earlier – very well-thought-out um like bicycle the exercise path that runs a long way. It's it's a really nice spot. So this asshole is down there in his truck. And detectives say a previous information led them to believe the owner was using and selling meth from the truck, which has been out of commission for several months. Police pulled over the truck and found melted ice cream in the freezer, meth, and other drug paraphernalia. Tammy's ice cream and sweet treats truck was impounded. Morin, I guess this asshole who did it, they didn't say it earlier. Morin was transported to the Slidell City Jail. Detectives say they also found two small puppies inside the truck, which were turned over to Slidell Animal Control. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, come on, man. I wonder what the outside of the truck looked. You know how they would put the ice cream and then they put a little price yeah, right yeah. there? I wonder if they had, I wonder if they had any music. They had the meth, meth prices. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like it, a prescription model. It's actually a bus. It's, it's, a a little, bus. it's like the little short bus. Uh, it is. Yeah, we don't, yeah we're is. not poking. Well, No, I mean, it's, it's a short bus. I yeah. don't mean anything bad about that. But the, uh, It's been converted. It's painted a sky blue. That's, We're gonna put that, a picture of it on social media. Let me so talk about this real quick. That's her cuffed over there. I think. I guess I'm smarter than a lot of criminals because if I, you know, I got into a pursuit on the interstate one time with a Corvette running 98 miles an hour, and then we got in pursuit. He starts slowing kilos of cocaine out the window. All right. Let me tell you something. If I'm hauling kilos of cocaine, or if I'm selling meth out of my ice cream truck. You better believe all my probable cause shit will be fixed. You're not going to get me for speeding if I'm hauling 50 kilos of cocaine. You're not going to get me for no tail lights and no brake lights and those expired everything on my ice cream meth truck. I'm smarter than that. You have to find another probable cause. I mean, that's that's what they got him for. Yeah, obviously not the world's sharpest uh, drug dealer. Ice cream. Yeah, I mean, Tammy's it, ice cream and sweet treats. I wonder if he sold pipes on there, too. You know, you get those pipes. In does there. that say, uh, yeah, does it say have meth prices right there? <laughs> yeah, look, look at the picture. <laughs> There's the <laughs> meth. The well, you can get. Where's you, what, what, you what varieties? You know, here, here's the meth. varieties red phosphorus, which is one type, <laughs> um, uh, ice, which is, you know, Super math, and it's a little more expensive. Uh, and then you can get like your regular Fedger math and hydrosomonia math, whatever. He should sell like camp fuel and lithium batteries and all the shit that 
takes to make meth. She scene. does have a sign that says, will not serve you if you're under 16. So yeah. at least yeah. she was not yeah, selling the meth to kids the, under the, 16. Back in the day when we first started doing meth bus in Livingston Parish, they had a guy that came in from out of state uh, in the Midwest somewhere, and he was charging people $1,000 a cook. That's for the outlaw to Fedron. I mean, uh, you know, you had to you go in and buy all the boxes you wanted to. The, so he would come in from out of town. We arrested him for this. And he had charged him $1,000. They had to bring all the ingredients. He got to keep $1,000 and half the meth that he produced. But then he taught them how to cook. And it spread like a fucking plague all the way, evidently, to Spanish Trail in Slidell, Louisiana. You know, they were asking him, where's the real menu? When they, yeah. <laughs> when they walked up to the bus, <laughs> give me the real menu. Like, oh, you know what, though? When the first meth school I ever went to, they said two things you will always find with a meth cook. So this guy must not have been a cook. And you want to guess what they are? What? Porn and firearms. Really? Porn. Meth is a big sex drug. It's it's, it's all about sex. Okay. And, just ask our girl. It, yeah, it's just your business. Just ask. And, and then firearms because the paranoia. So this person Taylor. must not have been the actual cook. Because, you know, cooks stay up for so long and do whatever. and, and But it, it, and that, I went back and applied that to all the meth cooks I'd already arrested. Absolutely. Porn and firearms. There you go. Maybe, I ain't say that, my boys are slow to PD. I was maybe say, maybe somebody lifted the porn and the, and the firearms for the personal use. Could be, could be. See, you get it all on real life, real crime daily, folks. I need to issue an official apology to this audience. No, you don't. For? For the last hour, which has been a ridiculous attempt on my part to keep this show on the rails while you two idiots are watching the closing arguments <laughs> of the defense and, well, now, I'm the, watching my and now the rebuttal. My Shiner Bach beer stack. Uh, <laughs> Murdoch mania is happening behind my head and I haven't been able to see it. Hey, but Mike, in all fairness, I offered you my seat and I said we could put on a closed caption that's your so seat, you could Mike. watch that's, it. That's your seat. And, that's and, and, but so, y'all, when you hear from us next, uh, um, I say... Do not give a one, two, or three star rating off of this episode. Yeah, this yeah. episode is disqualified from that. No, it's not. What? You know, we, no, you, we probably just, get because you guys, because you guys, yeah. good episode. You guys tried to beat up my uh, royal criminals uh, segment, and, <laughs> no, and, and, just and Jim tried to buy us a survey, <laughs> which I know will be a biased result yeah. when it comes back in. <laughs> so that started it off wrong. That, uh, I, you're just mad. And you, you wouldn't let me do my China segment, yeah, which yeah, I'm doing right. next week. Next week. Next week. You get it first. We'll let you lead with it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Until, <laughs> wait, before we get out of here, go to the Facebook page, right, like it, right, share right, it, right. comment on it. Right. Uh, we're going to be talking about not only the stuff today, like the bus, we'll put pictures up of that. Uh, but everything we talk about, we're going to try to put some fun stuff up there on the Facebook. So until next time. We do still have big news coming. Yes, we do. We have Soon. big news coming, and we're going to learn y'all some stuff about it. There you go. All right. Until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Overton. <laughs> I'm Mike Agafino. For Real Life, Real Crime Daily. Peace. Peace. Show business. Show business.